0: Now, listen, they want me to say hello, welcome to the James Whale best bits of tonight's show. I wish you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on talk radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of Whale? So have a listen. See what you think. Lord Andrew Adonis, Labour peer, vice-chairman of the European movement, ex-transport secretary and schools minister joins us now. Uh, Lord Adonis, good evening to you, sir. Good evening. Now... Um, Andrew, last time we talked, many, many times we talked about Brexit over the last year or so. Uh, don't you wish that was still the topic of conversation? Well, we
1: didn't think it could get worse, and it it, it did,
0: didn't it? <laughs> so uh, yeah. you're right. We well, yeah. We about our,
1: our, our uh, uh, you know, anything to be talking about uh, Brexit now rather than the supporting catastrophe. Let's hope <laughs> we get through as soon as possible.
0: Oh, why? i tell you what has occurred to me today, looking at quite a bit of the news. Why do we seem to be, or did we seem to be, less prepared than other countries, i.e. Germany, for something like this? We have similar populations, but they seem to be a lot better uh, prepared than us. Is, is our procurement departments in the NHS really not up to scratch?
1: Well, I think this is going to be something for an inquiry afterwards. Uh, at the yeah. moment, of course, we're just doing everything we can to, to get over the crisis. But it doesn't look as if our contingency planning was good. There was a report done by the Department of Health ten years ago about pandemics, which said—I mean, it now looks uh, hauntingly accurate—the chance of something like this happening was appreciable, and uh, there needed to be stocks and supplies put in for dealing with it, particularly of, uh, of, of personal protection equipment and so on. Um, mm-hmm. So, clearly, there are big questions that need to be asked. But our, our concern at the moment is to get through it, and then we need to see yeah, if yeah. we have in place. But I
0: mean, we should have next time. We should have personal protection equipment for the people working on the front line in the NHS. Anyway,
1: we ought to, and uh, it clearly, it, it clearly is a big question needs to be asked why there weren't massive stockpiles of this, so that it could all be wheeled out as soon as the crisis started. And I think uh, a lot of lessons need to be learned for next time.
0: Mm. Um, going back to uh, the Labour leadership, I know you and Jeremy Corbyn weren't particularly good mates. No, we
1: weren't bosom pals. That's certainly true. <laughs>
0: um. <laughs> and you're still a, a member of the Labour Party, aren't you? You did yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people actually did leave, didn't they? Um, yeah, and, I, nev- I never
1: left because I always thought that um, we need an opposition and we need an alternative hmm. government. And in our electoral system, we only have two big parties. That was obviously going to be the Labour Party, and we just had to wait for it to get proper leadership. Yeah. Uh, Keir Starmer, assuming it's him, and uh, unless um, the gods are all going to be defied, it will yeah, be okay. him. I think we'll be uh, a, a good leader. And uh, at long last, Britain will have a functioning opposition. Because I haven't really had one of those for
0: Would quite a you long work time. so a, long. Uh,
1: we can't even remember what they're a, like, can we?
0: Yeah, well, no, you're right. Would you work as a minister under Keir Starmer?
1: Well, I'm in the House of Lords. And the opposition, serious opposition, is done in the House of Commons, of course, because you're, you're shadowing the ministers. And almost mm. all the ministers are in the House of, House of Commons. So I'll be strongly supporting Keir. Uh, but in what role? I mean, it just whatever's most useful. And uh, But, of course, they, it, can, they can. Or the Shadow Cabinet will be in the, in, in the comments.
0: Don't take this the wrong way, uh, Andrew, but, I mean, you're a fairly young man uh, and some... First say, flush of youth. Yeah. Uh, I,
2: and, of course...
1: I'm only 57,
0: so it's
2: a long, long oh, way to go. You could dispense with your Lordship and go back and go into Parliament.
0: <sighs> well, he doesn't need well, to, I, because you can quite easily... The, he's been, he's been uh, Transport Secretary and Schools Minister. Well, you yeah. don't have yeah. That's true. Uh, to be in the Commons, do you?
1: No, you don't have to be in the Commons to be a minister. But on your point about... Um being a shadow minister because most of the ministers you're shadowing are in the commons it's yeah. quite difficult to be a shadow minister in the lords though it's perfectly easy to be a minister in the lords because oh. of course the prime minister decides who they want mm. but the crucial thing is that we do start doing the job of opposition seriously and and to be serious people have got to take you seriously and think about keir starmer former director of public prosecutions a very serious guy is i think that the uh, uh, the, the media uh, and the public at large will start treating Labour with a wholly new seriousness after, after Saturday.
2: He doesn't have much yeah. charisma, though, yeah. does he? Yeah.
1: Well, when you've got Boris Johnson, isn't that enough charisma for both the Prime Minister and the leader of the opposition? I mean, I think what people will be looking for is somebody can get, who can get stuff done, because what's the crit- criticism of Boris? And we're seeing this at the moment, aren't we? You know, where are all the ventilators? Where is the personal? equipment. Why did we have? You know, why did we have these few days where we were talking about herd immunity, and then we got onto the business of?
0: Uh, I don't of think that's. You can prepare. lay that at the door of the prime minister because he would be uh, listening to advisers, and so maybe the advisers have to take uh, some criticism. But as you said before, Andrew, there's no point in criticising anyone before we get through this.
1: No, no, the point point I'm making isn't to be critical of Boris, it's to say what you need in a leader of the opposition. What we need at the moment is somebody who can talk about uh, the issues and hold the government to account. This isn't a uh, a, a charisma, Mm. you know, personality contest. No, well, I think,
0: I mean, I think Boris is doing a good job, but they don't necessarily want to laugh at them. what did you, sorry, there is a delay on this line, Andrew. That's why we're kind of talking well, about. it. In right. my
1: experience of politics, people want to respect their politicians. They don't oh. necessarily want to be told jokes all the time. You know, Margaret Thatcher was probably the, uh, the most respected politician of my lifetime. And I yeah. can assure you, there weren't many people who thought it would be a great idea to have a drink or dinner with her. <laughs>
0: The James Whale Show. Come praise the Whale on Talk Radio. Let's talk to our good friend, the Conservative Member of Parliament for North West Leicestershire, Mr Andrew Bridgen. It seems a long time since we uh, spoke. Andrew, are you at home?
3: Yes, I'm, I'm locked down with, uh, with Mrs B and our baby and uh, oh. my mother-in-law. Oh, in oh that's lovely.
0: Oh. I'm locked oh. down with my two dogs and that's it.
3: Mm, Not a lot no He'll be around soon then.
0: Well, and Andrew, I think that's rather hurtful,
3: to be honest. What? No, no, I was a bit
0: harsh, I must admit. Yeah, I mean, you know, even for you, I mean, that was slightly harsh, to be honest. But you're locked down with a mother-in-law. Yeah, cabin. <laughs> cabin fever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't say anything. Um, so what do you think uh, about Trump and the, his, his rather ridiculous um, broadcast lately? I mean, the man's, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little worried for the peace of the world.
3: Um, I, I wouldn't be too worried. I, I don't want to comment on the elected leader of the United States, but what I will, I will defend the government's position uh, in the UK. Um, if we look at the numbers, look at the numbers. There are what 66, 67 million people in the UK. Mm. Um, we've got this worldwide pandemic. We're testing 10,000 people a day. It's not enough. The government says it's not enough. But I mean, if we were to, if we were to lift it to German levels of half a million possibly next week they might be testing half a million people a day. The aim of the government 's policies is to minimize the spread of the virus in what ways extra testing going to, going to achieve that mm. with the numbers we 've got so if we went to half a million there's 67, 66, sixty seven sixty six sixty seven million of us, uh, you can work out how long it 's going to take to test everybody yeah. um, if we look at just frontline really crucial nhs workers that's 1.4 million uh, and there's another 1.6 million equally important who are working in social care obviously the God, people i didn't there, realize there was that many people three million so, th- so three million in the nhs and social care combined and well, obviously the social care they're dealing with very vulnerable people the the vulnerable age group so even if we did those that would take on german levels of, of testing six weeks to test everyone and bear in mm. mind The test takes two days for the results to come out. Uh, Undoubtedly, a a large proportion of those people who were tested will actually be positive by the time they got the results saying they were negative because the the test is only a snapshot. One moment in time, you're tested, the results go away, you get them two days later, and it says you have got it or you haven't got it. The advice the government are giving that if you've got the symptoms, you self-isolate. If you're in a non-essential job, you're locked down anyway and you shouldn't be going outside your house to stop the spread. I put it to you that testing is not going to stop mm. the spread of the virus, particularly when we look at the results. I don't know if you've seen the uh, the results of the random testing in Iceland. Iceland's a small country, about 400,000, 350,000 people. They they randomly tested a group of 5,500 And I think they got 47 positives where half Mm. of those had got no symptoms at all. So it's quite likely that half the people who are infected and spreading the virus have got no symptoms and will have no symptoms whatsoever. So I would ask your listeners, if we upped the testing from 10,000 to half a million, is it going to make any difference materially to the stopping the spread of the virus? Isn't it better to use those tests? On people who are presenting at the hospital, um, who may have a bigger percentage chance of having the virus.
0: Absolutely, I think you're right. But answer me this question: um, Is is it the right thing to have done in all the countries around the world? This complete shutdown of the country, shutdown of the economy, and uh, and and told us all to stay indoors. Is that the right thing to do?
3: I think it's the only thing you could do in a. Open and free democracy, like ourselves, yeah, I think it was the responsible thing to do. Um, the various predictions of the potential result, uh, death toll of doing nothing, were upwards of, of half a million. I, I know that the government's own worst case scenario was eight hundred and sixty thousand extra deaths. That that isn't. It's something that is. is it doesn't. Matter. That's. That's, that's equivalent to sort of the casualties we took in the Second World War. Yeah. Um, you know, that's got to be avoided at all costs. Hasn't but it's it? not the
2: 20,000, is it? Because it was 560 today, so that, that seems unrealistic that it's going to be 20,000 as well.
3: Oh, Ash, have you got a crystal ball? Um, what's it going to be tomorrow? Um we could be, We could be three days away from the, the levels that we've seen in, in northern mm. Italy. Unless, of course, the, we're hoping the lockdown is going to slow. I mean, you've got to bear in mind that those tragic deaths today probably got infected two weeks ago. We've yeah. been in lockdown yeah. for just over a week. Yeah. It's probably going to take another week to see if, uh, see the, if the effect of the lockdown. And I just would urge your listeners not to, not to lose faith with the policy of, of social distancing and for the very vulnerable groups, um, social isolating. Um, that is doing yourself a favor and also doing the wider community a huge favor and yes there's a huge economic impact but at the end of the day we can rebuild the economy we can't bring people back who've who've sadly passed away can we
0: the james whale show come praise the wheel on talk radio trevor kavanagh political editor at the sun joins us now trevor good evening hi how are you a lot of I'm very good, Trevor. Yeah, at the moment. Well, you know, getting a little bit uh, of a little being dry cough. Yeah, you? you had. I'm fine. <laughs> just <laughs> shut up. Very actually. ominous. Uh, yeah, um, interesting reading your column today because a lot may say you are a completely off message, as far as the government were concerned. They might not be very pleased about this.
4: Well, I, I think that the pressure is growing, not just from outside but inside the cabinet. There are a lot of fellow, uh, cabinet ministers who feel the same way. And very interestingly, Mervyn King, the former governor of the Bank of England, has forecast uh, only today that um, there's no way this lockdown is going to be able to continue for months and months on end and that people won't put up with it. And indeed, he says that young people are going to say, why on earth is our future being put at stake in order to help and prolong the life expectancy of older people whose life expectancy may not be very high in any event? But, I uh, um, rest my case.
2: But a couple of young people did die yesterday. It is still it's very yeah, dangerous. But, and, uh, every,
4: every death is a tragedy, obviously, yeah. and whether they're young or old, and especially if they're young, and if this were a, an illness which was um, harvesting young people in large numbers, then it would be a genuine disaster. But what, it is, ha- what is happening is that almost... Uh, at least a, a two-thirds, and maybe much more uh, of those who have uh, died, are people with underlying health conditions, mainly old age.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the interesting thing is this is going to damage the economy immensely. And one of the things you say in your column is that uh, does anybody actually know how many people died uh, from the beast from the
4: east? Well, they probably don't, but they remember the beast from the east. And if you think back to the days two years ago, in the winter of 2018, uh, we had... Uh, ambulances parked outside hospitals with the uh, sick and uh, el- elderly in the in the back on stretches because there was no room in the hospitals and uh, yeah. 40,000 or more people 50,000 died as what uh, the office of national statistics boldly recorded as excess winter deaths, in other words more than usual and that was the mm-hmm. flu of uh, 2018 we did not have excel buildings turned into 5,000 bed hospitals and we did not have rishi sunak or whoever the chancellor was at the time pouring tens and hundreds of billions of pounds of tomorrow's taxpayers earnings into rescuing uh, the, the national health service
0: how do i mean you, you probably know by now uh on the online interest how uh, how people are taking what you've written in the sun uh when you've talked like this
4: Yes, and in fact, I've never experienced a reaction like it, to be honest, James. I mean, we've had hundreds of uh, calls or messages to our online uh, comments page. We've had sackfuls of mail to our uh, letters pages. And I personally have had um, an unprecedented number of um, messages from people, young and old, uh, saying that they welcome someone saying what they regard as common sense.
2: But do you not think that if there wasn't this lockdown that some scientists are saying potentially half a million people
4: could be killed? Yes, well, that's that's the problem, isn't it? First of all, this guy Neil Ferguson, the professor and epidemiologist, was saying that it could be between a quarter and a half a million. Then suddenly he's saying it uh, could be as little as 7,000. I mean, either one of those estimates could be... Uh, total rubbish, and I suspect that's the bigger one of the two. But it's better to be safe than
2: sorry, isn't it? Yeah, hang on. Why
0: do you think that the the whole of the Western world, really, has gone into this lockdown mode, then?
4: Well, I think it's sort of mass panic at high level, and uh, look, I'm not belittling the risk here, because Mm. what we may not know is just how serious the potential of a crossover between animal disease and human human, uh, species is going to be uh, not just now Uh, i think that this is containable everyone's saying it's containable it will be contained but i think that what they're worried about is that this is something that might mutate and who knows what might happen in the future but as we speak and we haven't been told this i hasten to add as we speak the number of people dying is less than the number of people for instance who die of kidney failure because hospital staff failed to give them the water they need to, um, to, to keep their kidneys functioning properly. We have more people dying of um, sepsis every year in the health service, in hospitals, all avoidable, and yet we are shutting down the entire economy, everything, people's pensions, their jobs, I mean, what we're seeing already is possibly permanent scarring of the British and the world economy because of something that, as we speak, is not claiming anything like the normal death rate that we have in winter flu periods. The James
0: Whale Show. Come praise the wheel. On talk radio. I thought for a minute somebody was saying stop being nasty to Ash. For goodness sake, if you worked with this, what would you do? Are you doing comedy anymore?
2: No one is anymore.
1: I'm doing sit down tragedy these days.
2: Oh, excuse no. me. No. A dry sneeze. <laughs> What's a dry sneeze mean? Okay. Do you remember when I was trying to get you to do WhatsApp and you wouldn't get it? You go, oh, I don't need that. don't need Now you're all over it. <laughs> Such yeah. a disgusting yeah. sneeze. Yeah, that's a I'm, good. I'm good at burpees, <laughs> yeah. I do them without thinking about it.
0: Oh, I love that.
2: The dog hates hs too. he's really anti <laughs> <into> it. <laughs> the, dog. Yeah.
1: the dog ones, they like just kick
2: James, is your sense of taste all right? Because that hoodie you're wearing tonight with all the writing <laughs> on it. Squats are the ones you want to
0: be doing. Yeah, do squats, so, Ash.
2: Not, yeah. not in these trousers. What, me? Or the dog? Not you, the dog. What do you want to look at? Jolene? Jolene, 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 Jolene. That
0: was uh, the clips for today. The worst of whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.